Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now that it's graduation season and wedding season, we are seeing some more of those balloon releases as a way to celebrate. But those balloons are causing big problems for wildlife along the Connecticut shoreline. You could accept this compromise, what Joe Manchin laid out, even if voter ID was part of it. That's one of the fallacies of Republican talking points that has been deeply disturbing. No one has ever objected to having to prove who you are to vote. It's been part of our nation's history. I have never seen a president covering the last four of them who is so protected by his aides in terms of uh, often not wanting him to answer some questions. I believe that white people are born into not being human. I am a colonizer and I don't expect anyone to trust me when I'm wearing this skin color. I'm wearing the enemy's uniform. People who look like me have hurt everyone who doesn't for hundreds of years. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's where we are. Happy vacation, Tom. Thank you very much. So we are on a... If you haven't heard the news by now, I have gotten... We're in a little ga- a, uh, a mini vacation. Just checking out, popping around New England a little bit. And uh, it's been a hectic... Uh, it's been a hectic jaunt. And uh, it was made official today. This here for us is Thursday. That I will be joining WTIC... News Talk 1080 in Hartford, Connecticut, um, starting Monday. Which, for you, if you're exclusively a podcast listener, won't mean much to you because nothing's going to change. And uh, but there you go. So I'm uh, I'm getting a radio gig, and I'm thrilled to join the team there. And it starts Monday. All sorts of stuff going on. Connecticut's a great state for local stories. There's just the right amount of um, of uh, cynicism, right amount of corruption in politics, very colorful for personalities, and um, and uh, the people are just very uh, very creative and New Englandy and uh, and real and very funny and and thoughtful and so there's that. So we are now clandestinely somewhere in Connecticut by the by the. Uh, uh, shoreline ourselves, as a matter of fact, uh, here have not seen any. Um, what's it called? Xylon balloons? What are those? Mylar balloons. Mylar balloons. Do you like sound soft one. to you, or do you sound okay? Um, maybe a tiny bit soft. You can turn me up. Uh, I don't know. Say, say, check one two. Check one two. Check one two. You're a little soft. Um, so we can turn me up. Oh, there I am. Wow. That's that's Hi. something wrong with um. Channel 2, Alice, we're going to have to look into maybe, maybe... Some new equipment? 
New equipment, yeah. Wow. This is happening. So this is our remote broadcast from our hotel room from an undisclosed location in Connecticut. So if we look a little different than usual, we are. This is an impossible, ridiculous task right now. We are, there are three Our children are locked in the hotel bathroom They're not locked in. (laughs) They put themselves in there. (laughs) Oh, they could have locked themselves in. And we are asking for trouble here trying to get this done. And here go. Okay. So they've come out. And remember, guys, if you can be quiet and behave, then there will be room service dessert. Okay, you know, and they're just looking forward to using the pool. So that's where they are. So where should we start? We should start probably since the Secretary of Education was everywhere over the last few days, excited and giddy about um, about critical race theory being taught in schools. Thought of that, but also happy about Title IX protections for trans people, mm-hmm. which is really I got to tell you, if you are a woman. How many times do you want to be devalued? Can you imagine that? These title land protections, <coughs> sorry, among other things, um, provide that women shall be allowed and not impeded in education, the ability to get an education in school. Um, and so it's, it's almost, like a, almost like a school equality act. And, and these are the, the things that, they provide for you know the, the the sports team has is for guys it's for girls these are the things that um, for for conduct wise mm-hmm. if women the harassment is not allowed etc for women and you know it, you know it, aggressive uh, sexual pursuit is not allowed you know you gotta you, in other words it's a guys be cool while we um, while we try to give the women the opportunity to learn. Something I think it was a Nixon era thing, wasn't it? Title Nine. I think it was. Sounds plausible. I don't know. So, so anyway, so anyway, it was also used. It was it was the auspices for Obama writing the dear colleague letters that set up these tribunals that would uh, toss men for being accused of sexual assault, mm-hmm. where in many cases there was none. There were there were no witnesses allowed. Sometimes the men weren't even. The guys weren't even allowed to know what the charges were, depending. It was very arbitrary tribunals. Mm-hmm. And uh, Trump rescinded this stuff. Biden has promised to put it back in. Maybe they have already. But but the, the problem was, among other things, that, of course, these men's lives were being ruined, but they were suing the hell out of schools and winning mm-hmm. these guys whose lives were being ruined. But now Title IX protection for trans people. So what if that means... That means bathrooms, locker rooms, sports, all of the above. So, so a trans woman, yes, a trans woman. So, who is a guy who is assumed the role of a woman mm-hmm. now has all the same protections as a woman, woman, an actual woman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and. So, we've made a decision here that women need special protections. And even more protections because, like, I don't think there's protections in the law that you can't call a woman he, just, like, as a joke. But you can't call a trans woman he as a joke. Interesting. Okay. So, so, okay. (laughs) But at the same time. You know, I could call you a girl all day long and... Title Nine wouldn't come protect you, right? You know, but it a trans man. If I call a trans man a girl, then like then that's harassment and bigotry and terrible. Well, are there can a trans man claim to be um to be experiencing um you know physical uh, symptoms that women routinely experience just for the fact of being a woman mm-hmm. even though biologically it's impossible um you mean like a period yeah yeah sure it, 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 for, yeah, so you to mean a trans with. woman yes um so i've seen trans women claim that they do because they're on hormone therapy they can't like get an actual period obviously but they say that once a month they like get grumpy and like feel cramps so it's the same 
Which, as a woman, is annoying. <laughs> right. I would assume so. In this, in, in, once again, so let's go back to sports then. Mm-hmm. Just as women are allowed to and encouraged to uh, play sports because they're given the same sports as men. Right. Now, men who identify as women would be able to be on those sports teams. Right. The women's sports teams mm-hmm. with all the protections or more than all of the protections you were saying. Yeah. Okay. And what about college admissions? Yep. And scholarships and all that stuff. The school can now count, you know, if they're not getting enough women in computer engineering, they can get trans women and count that as having enough women in computer engineering now. You know, so that counts across the board. And, and you know, colleges do use quotas for groups. So, right. so you know, we've talked before about, you know, it's it, they're not being like pieces of the pie that just because one person succeeds in life doesn't mean somebody else isn't going to. But in college, it does mean that because there are a limited number of spots and, you know, and, and they actually do have quotas of how many people of a certain group they can fill. So if you claim to be part of a new group, it's like Liz Warren claiming to be Native American on her admissions, you know, like she took a right. spot and that they got to claim was a diversity spot because they said we, you know, we brought in a Native American. Well, okay. So here we go. And mm-hmm. this is the kind of thing that people on the left say, oh, you know, the people, conservatives are worried about men who identify as women as if that has anything to do with their day. Well, it absolutely does. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is an existential uh, problem. It's a real and serious problem. Yeah, it's been a problem and, in Connecticut, in, the, in yes. the high school girls' track in Connecticut, for sure. So, but this is all part of us now since, since the goal is, the goal is the good feels about things. And to get there, if you have to create out of thin air a narrative, then mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. All about equity and justice and... And feeling good about it. And, you know, we jump from, you know, what does it hurt you to just use the right name for somebody? It doesn't hurt you and it makes them feel better and then they won't kill themselves. And so that's not a problem. It's no skin off your nose to, you know, just make somebody feel good by calling them what they asked to be called. Straight to, like, we have to count men as the top women's finishers in the marathon. Like, we moved really fast from one end to the other. I mean, but really, like, I don't see why if you're going to run things that way, like, why bother having women's sports as a category at all? Because every argument you could make for why trans women should be allowed to play in women's sports, you can also make to just have one category. You know, they always say, like, well, some girls are naturally taller or faster or more muscular than other girls. Right. So, so what's the difference? It's just, you know, one person, everybody's an individual. We absolutely can't see any group differences at all. There's no difference. And then, you know, and then they turn around and why bother still having these categories? So what is, what is the role of women in the woke utopia? You know, this, the, this, this, no, just, just what is it? What is the... What is the reason to be? I mean, I tend to think if you're trying to eliminate gender in general, like, you know, we always joke about like, oh, I don't see colors. Like the left wants to be like, oh, we don't see gender. They can't see it. It's not there. It's just an imaginary social category. So, but in that universe, like where does that leave women, right? Like if you enter a universe where in sports you don't see gender anymore, then women are just worse at all the sports. Right. right, and well, and, but but also then you've you've torpedoed the sport. The credibility mm-hmm. of the sport is gone. It, where it, wherein it can't, it no longer is the sport. Right, it's not that sport anymore. If you allow trans women mm-hmm. to compete against women, then it's a men's sport. Yeah, exactly. And they're going to win, or it's an everybody. So that's sport, gone, right? Like so, so but. What's crazy is that there's money to be made in these sports. There are mm-hmm. sponsors and this and that for all this stuff. Like your sister was a really big field hockey player. Right. Got a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And like 
you know, they're sponsored. All of their equipment is sponsored, etc. The scholarship was great for her. Um, but so if you now put a bunch of dudes on the team, then... Then they get the scholarships, of which the school has a limited supply. Right. And if there are injuries, because um, field hockey can be tough mm-hmm. to the women, well, then that's just a woman injuring a woman. Even though the woman who injured the woman was named Brad a year ago, and it was six six, mm-hmm. so it's it's the amount of and you probably haven't known this, but I've been studying the French Revolution recently. <laughs> the amount of sheer spinelessness of anybody to stand up, any sponsor, any league or administration, or anybody to stand up and say, guys. I'm as progressive as anybody else here, mm-hmm. but what are we doing here with, with this? Right. With anybody the- who's involved in sports knows that this is true. They can look at the boys' track times versus the girls' track times. They can look at the boys' swimming times versus the girls' swimming times. They can watch an NBA game and watch a WNBA game and... Everybody knows. And I mean, it extends to all sports. You know, men can do jumps in figure skating that women cannot do. You know, that they just physically cannot do. And men can do things in gymnastics that women cannot do. Right. And, and, and diving and everything else. It's So when you start putting the categories together, then men are just always going to win them. Okay. And that's, uh, that's irrefutable. And but back to the idea that it destroys the it, it destroys the game, the whole mm-hmm. institution. It it does, and it's the same thing as Victoria's Secret getting rid of the Angels models mm-hmm. and swapping in Megan Rapinoe and other people. Well, right, nice zoom. Megan Rapinoe, who's not as beautiful as an angel, not as and who's a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And who's also just a total jerk, by the way. Mm-hmm. Who's just a jerk. I've never seen her not be a jerk. The model of Victoria's Secret is enticement. Right. And this is this is sex. This right. is um romance. This is the idea is the idea is the being brand healthy. is beautiful and lovely and feminine and sexual in that way, mm-hmm. and it's embodied perfectly by these gorgeous women, right? Who are all of those things, and it's such a pure and perfect thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And like even the in-store experience right. is a perfect, perfect thing. It, especially if you're a guy consumer, and I, I've told this story again and mm-hmm. again, as a young guy when I was 20 or 21, going into one, trying to shop for my girlfriend for Christmas or whatever, her birthday, mm-hmm. and having the associate who was really pretty, like almost model stuff. Not really, but just hold it up to her and, and say, the whole experience was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> but, you know, because you, you don't have conversations about... Um, about lingerie with strangers generally, but that's their job to have it. So, you know, whatever. Go ahead. You were going to say something. I was going to say, I do feel that the brand does feel to me a little dated in the current environment a little bit. How so? I mean, I just, it seems to me very of that early 2000s era when that's like the way stuff was. When the man show was on TV and, you know, the, um, the girl next door the girl girls next door show with Hugh Hefner in it and like you know that was like that's like what sexiness and coolness was then and I just don't know that that brand has its finger on the pulse of the moment now of like the pop culture moment but 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 pop this is not these are bedroom moments these aren't out there this isn't this isn't spring break attire they were making Mm -hmm. this was intimate bedroom moments I know, but I this mean, is I just, soft, silky lingerie that feels good. That, but I feel like the Victoria's Secret angels that I could name are still like all from then. Like 
Adriana Lima and Giselle Bunchen and like they're all like from that time, you know. Like I don't know. Well, that- maybe, but but what the hell does Megan Rapinoe have to? She this- doesn't. I think it's a desperate attempt to kind of like save the brand. At and this all point, these other people, they're they're, they're like accomplished women. Men don't find accomplishment to be an aphrodisiac. <laughs> there are things that. Well, yeah, but they're also like. Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition is putting, like, whatever plus-size people and trans people and whatever thing to do, try and do whatever they're doing. And I, you know, I think because probably Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, the paper copy just doesn't sell as well as it once did. And they're just trying to, like, (laughs) do whatever to try and be relevant again. Because, I mean, like, would you go out now and buy a Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition? No, uh, I, I can't. Would you have in 2003, possibly? I wouldn't have bought it. Uh, the internet was around. <laughs> it was invented then. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just feel that that, like, that cultural moment is a little bit past. Just, I think people are more jaded now, you know? I don't know. I don't think, I think that Victoria's Secret if Victoria's is Secret's something generally brand, for, like or, it, or, or could be something for for couples already either dating couples or married couples yeah but i just i don't know it's not a luxury brand right well i mean so that's a good point it's not it's not like fancy and expensive well hold on so you make a good point because back Mm -hmm. then there was victoria's secret or fredericks of hollywood right and fredericks was absolutely tacky Mm -hmm. so compared to that victoria's secret was absolutely classy I don't know if it was a luxury brand. During all of those years when I was going there, I but was But it was poor. cool. Now it's a little tacky, I think. Well, I don't know what I don't know what young people do to to, to be I assume people do young people not wear lingerie anymore? I mean, they kind of do, but it's just different. It's a different It's lots of like bralettes and sort What's of What's a bralette? It's sort I don't know, Google it. It's B R A L E T T E. It's like, but it's Jeez. less. Um, Google it. Wow. I don't know how to explain it to you. But it's just like, I mean, not that style exactly anymore. Of yeah, like, but weren't there many, many. I don't. This, I don't know what's happening with these bralettes, but this is not a winning image search. <laughs> <clears throat> but it don't. I mean. Isn't what's a silk thing called that you just wear? That's one piece, like thing that goes from the top to the leg. like a teddy. Or? Yes, that, that is that not a thing? Not really. I don't think like I don't think lingerie is a thing in the same way that it was. Okay, well, how about this then? I've had an Epiphone. Okay. How about this? How about lingerie? Maybe isn't a thing in the way that it was because the it, it, or it is, your, but it's like because, higher end stuff. I don't well, know. well, because like yoga pants. What about like yoga pants? I don't think we had in the nineties yoga pants. We had nothing mm-hmm. that was that form fitting. What? Oh, right. So, but I mean, so that's a good point because, um, you know. so-called athleisure wear is a really big category now that wasn't at that time you know and that's really what that is is um where's your brother is like lululemon and these sort of ostensibly yoga clothes but people just wear them around you know okay like these kind of like i think that's probably what's cooler and higher and now than uh like lingerie like i don't know that people so much wear like push-up bras and like i don't know really it's just not the style so much anymore i mean i think obviously people still wear bras and people still dress like sexy but it's it's just like it's it's different stuff and it's like either higher end stuff or because it's sort of victoria's secret exists in this weird middle space where it's like expensive enough that you can get cheap stuff cheaper but like if it doesn't have the coolness and the cachet anymore then like Maybe you go somewhere else for something 
fancier if it's like your special occasion thing yeah you know that's that's my thought but well yeah i haven't like analyzed their business but i do think they're probably in a weird place business wise because like i haven't i used to shop at victoria's secret all the time and i probably haven't what did you get i don't know like bras underwear perfume my tanning stuff that you hated oh, that was awful <laughs> awful my self tanner yeah i mean all this, uh, like, Sally, I got tons of stuff sorry, there. Guys, but what is your brother doing? Just. But I he is okay. Good. But I haven't probably bought anything there in like eight years, ten years, maybe. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> well, uh, neither of us. We we've been in uh, combat for the last ten <laughs> years, so neither of us have. Ever, this is not a subject we even talk about to, until right now, mm-hmm. which is why we've got nothing to say really. <laughs> um. Okay, so I do want to get to, before we get to the CRT stuff, kind of uh, put a bow on the Biden trip overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was interesting that that Jeff Zeleny, who's really a, a, a weak-minded guy, but kind of interesting, mm-hmm. that Jeff Zeleny uh, threw up his hands and said that something's wrong here. With the way they shut us out when it comes to this guy. But we have seen uh, President Biden do that frequently. What we've not seen him do is answer questions uh, like that without his aides screaming at him to stop. I have never seen a president covering the last four of them who is so protected by his aides in terms of uh, often not wanting him to answer some questions. Yeah, and you can see that. I mean, conservatives have all been saying this for Five months now. Yes, and you can tell you know why. In a weekend interview, Vladimir Putin laughed at the suggestion that you had called him a killer. Is that still your belief, sir, that he is a killer? And I'll continue the trend if you don't mind of asking a second question. Do you believe if he does agree to cooperate, then what kind of a challenge do you find yourself in? How would you ever trust him? And if Ronald Reagan said trust but verify, what do you say to Vladimir Putin? <laughs> to answer the first question, <laughs> I'm laughing too. Mm. They actually, I. Uh, well, look, I mean, he has made clear that. Uh, uh, in silence, in silence. The answer is, I believe he is in the. Okay, so. So, so on one hand, you've got that. So, Kate Bedingfield is going to look at that and say, "This ain't good. This isn't ain't good." Pull him. On the other hand, sometimes when he's asked a question, especially a question that hits him the wrong way, he loses. It. Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? Yeah, I'm not confident he'll change behavior. What the hell? What do you do all the time? So, when did I say I was confident? You said, said the next six months. I said, to be able to what I said was, let's get it straight. I said, what will change their behavior is that the rest of the world reacts to them and it diminishes their standing in the world. I'm not confident of anything. I'm just stating the fact. But given his past behavior has not changed, and in that press conference after sitting down with you for several hours, he denied any involvement in cyber attacks. He downplayed human rights abuses. He even refused to say Alexei Navalny's name. So how does that account to a constructive meeting as President President Putin? Right? You don't understand that you're in your own business. Is there with China? Who we need to love quickly? Let's go quickly. Here they go. There's Bettingfield. Let's go, 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 go. She's lucky she's not a guy. <laughs> he would have been saying he would, wanted to take her outside. Yeah, well, he's not afraid to call the women pony soldiers. <laughs> so uh, so uh, regardless of that, the CNN and the media, of course, first of all, Zelenie's piece with the 10-second gap, Zelenie didn't even run. CNN didn't even cover their own reporter's question in the astonishing, astonishing response they got. But CNN essentially, you know, let us know what your takeaway was to be uh, of the Biden European trip in summit with Putin. Again, as Gloria said, so vintage Biden because it is his understanding of human relationships and human condition that make him so fluid, as Jeff said, uh, on the world stage. There you go. Wow. It, it started, of course, with, according to them, a soaring speech. Mm-hmm. At times, soaring. He's so fluid on the world stage. His understanding of the people around him. It's incredible. 
I mean, like, at this point, I'm not convinced he even knows who the people around him are at any given time. Um, I need this chair for our house. You like that chair? Oh, yeah. This is a power chair. This feels good. It's hard to see on the camera, but Tom's oh, like yeah. in a little egg almost. Yeah, it's nice. See it. It's a good chair. The one at the house is actually really flimsy. Um, so, by the way, how am I going to do Jerry Callahan now, Alice? I got a gay morning gig, 10 to 2. Jerry, I know, usually I don't we know. tape, we usually at 7.50 or so. It's tough. Around there. I got to keep this going, right? Tough. Tough. Well, you Jerry work on something with, out. I don't know. Want Jerry on with me? Okay. Um, since we're in the area, Alice, and mm-hmm. just below us on a clear day, you can see Manhattan. Uh, let's uh, just uh, go to some Andrew Yang highlights. This guy continues to be likable when he answers questions. Well, a lot of people didn't like this. Right. But. Well, well, this is first. I'm going to start with the other one. Oh, okay. No, I'll start with that one. Okay. Uh, this is about uh, violence in the city. Yes, mentally ill people have rights, but you know who else have rights? We do. The people and families of the city. We have the right to walk the street and not fear for our safety because a mentally ill person is going to lash out at us. Here, here, Andrew Yang. That was probably a very daring thing to say at an event like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, these debates are wacko liberal debates. These are the, the rent is too damn high mm-hmm. uh, debates. And good for him for using common sense and saying something that makes sense. And hopefully it resonates with the idiots in Manhattan. I mean, apart from the ones who uh, work or uh, have a summer place in Connecticut who are not idiots, as a matter of fact, who <laughs> are the best and brightest, Alice. Um <coughs> But I mean, come on! And I mean, he's saying exactly the right thing. If he if he well, loses yeah. being himself, I'll be pr- proud of him. Well, yeah. The thing is, I mean, and he sort of like issued like an explanation for this, but he didn't really apologize, which is good. You know, saying that this was in response to a question about um, there's been all these hate crimes against Asian people in New York. Um, and they're saying that like half of them statistically have been you know, a mentally ill homeless mm-hmm. person or whatever, that mental illness has been a factor in about half of the anti-Asian hate crimes that have happened. And so, you know, it becomes a question like, I mean, at what point is it not kind to the mentally ill person either to have them living on the streets accosting people? Right. What are we doing here? I mean, yes, you're not doing them any favors and yeah. you're making the streets unlivable. You're having people flee now. You know, they used and to say, and people are saying like, "Well, a mentally ill people are more likely to be the victims of crimes, et cetera, et cetera." I mean, and that's all true and fine and great, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the specific subset of mentally ill people who are committing crimes, crimes that are related to the fact that they're mentally ill because they're not here in reality with us, and they're just attacking random people on the street. And them being mentally ill isn't a reason why. They shouldn't not be in that situation in the first place, both for their own safety and for everybody else's. And, you know, I don't know if he said that the best way. Like, yeah, mentally ill people matter, but so do us normals. I don't know if that was exactly the best phrasing, but I think it does effectively make the point. So maybe it is good. I don't know. Yeah. Well, but at the same time, what about stopping Asian hate? A lot of these people who have been just decking Asians in the both coasts mm-hmm. uh, have been whack jobs and we're not doing like you said we're not doing anybody any favors you know david rudner used to say that deinstitutionalization of the starting in the 60s mm-hmm. essentially gave the homeless people the right to freeze to death in the winter yeah i mean it's really true it's um it's very very sad and you're seeing it take over not only like LA and San Francisco now are just like overrun but also Austin and the cities keep pouring money into the problem without solving it and it's really like one of these problems that you know not not all homeless people hashtag but Mm -hmm. you know but there are a significant number of homeless people that are going to continue to be in terrible situations addicted to drugs or severely mentally ill and not seeking treatment and all these things and it's not that these things haven't been made available to them you know the beds are available and the help is available and the health care is available because these are like really really liberal places where they are trying to make all this stuff available but there comes a point where 
We're, it's I'm, a, I'm documenting it, Alice, know. for posterity is our attempt to try to have a... Uh, Some people are not going to accept help um, unless they're made to accept help, you know? And, and so, so it's a choice. It's a choice as a society to have people choosing to live under all your bridges in cardboard boxes. Yeah. And also... And it's not, it's not because a lot of those people don't have other options. I mean, we talked about the Abigail Schreier piece, too, of all the young people showing up in shelters because, you know, they want to transition genders and their parents don't support them. Yeah. No. So, it, so these are people that are choosing this lifestyle intentionally. Some. I mean, some who have the faculties to even yeah. to even process. Definitely. No doubt about that. You know, and I knew a guy who was homeless for a while. You know a lot of guys who are homeless. You know how you... When you're a concierge, a lot of the ticket scalpers, well, this is how it used to be when I was a concierge back in the 90s. The ticket scalpers would know a lot of the homeless guys because they'd have, they'd use them to wait in line to get Red Sox tickets or other sports tickets. Mm-hmm. When they'd release a bunch of tickets, you know, you're only one pair per person. They'd take a homeless guy and say, hey, go up there and grab me tickets, whatever. But a lot of the homeless guys wouldn't stay in the shelters because most of the shelters, at least at that time, you weren't allowed to drink or have drugs on you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no, what's this? It's a nice summer day. I'm homeless, and I, I want I got a handle of vodka here. Right. I'm not. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of reasons for it. But but good on Yang. Did I play both or just one? Just one. Uh, no, I played both. No, you were dealing with kids when I played the other one. Oh. Yeah, we we played the. No, no, you're right. I didn't. Okay. He also they also asked him what the worst moment he had on the campaign trail was, and here is his answer. Mr. Yang, consoling a parent who'd lost his son. Uh, I, I'm a dad, I have two boys, and I just imagined myself in his shoes. Uh, you know, comforting him, was it felt like a blessing, but uh, it was a very tough experience. Ms. Morales, your worst moment on the campaign? Pure Yang. Mm-hmm. He spoke like people do, talked like people, which is why I like him, regardless of any of his wacky, uh, theories and in uh, beliefs the guy is just a normal guy and i like him around i like him around it's like you have a you growing up in in school and college and this and that you've got mm-hmm. the per, one person you want at every party who makes it better right you know and he's he's a force force for positivity i like him not gonna lie okay um all right alice you ready to dive in dive in dive in we're gonna dive into the Full onslaught, and there was a local media person who who just they're out there now saying that since we're pushing fully for critical race theory mm-hmm. now, uh, and there's a pushback in some states that we're simply denying the existence of history, oh. and because we are uncomfortable, mostly people who look like you and me mm-hmm. are uncomfortable because of guilt, because of the history of oppression and colonialism uh, that we still benefit from. Oh. And that's what's going on, and that's why we don't want to teach critical race theory. And a lot of people have been uh, well have been pointing to um, uh, Ashley Shackelford. Do you remember her? Mm-mm. She's the woman who a couple of years ago was really famous for teaching critical race theory to a group of people uh, while wearing a probably ill thought out outfit. She uh, has, I would say, my build. Okay. And decided to possibly wear something from um, Victoria's Secret. Okay. Anyway, but that's fine. That's fine. That's not the biggest part uh, of the problem. It's what she said. And this is the kind of thing. This is the kind of thing that you've got coming down the line with critical race theory. Now, it may not be as raw as this. It may be sewn or embedded into another uh, narration, a narrative, or storyline, but this is the real uncut stuff. This is what they mean. All white people are racist. So <laughs> I put this up because I really want any white person in the room to know up front that this is what we're dealing with, that it's not going to be this coddling of white tears and what that looks like. We're not going to discuss, oh, maybe some of us have worked it out. No, you're always going to be racist, actually. 
So even when you're on your path to trying to figure out how to be a better human being, um, because I believe that white people are born into not being human, like that actually instead of people of color and black folks being dehumanized, that actually everyone is dehumanized on threat within white supremacy, that y'all are born into a life to not be human. And that's what y'all are taught to do, to be demons. So in this particular way, white people are all racist. So there you go. So there's a bit of the uncut stuff. And I understand if you're a crazy race hustler, Mm-hmm. And someone like her, and you're um, a racist or maybe a black supremacist. She probably is. Mine, like Cannon Grant mm-hmm. up in Boston is as well. Yeah, I mean, or uh, Nick Cannon. Uh, right. The guy the, talking about like our lack of melanin makes us like right. quite human. Yes, and she's saying demons and this and that. I understand. You're just a you're craven. Racist. Sick bigot. That's fine. <laughs> and it's, you know, I can take it on. It's, uh, you know, uh, I, what you see is what you get. And that, that's fine. When you're a progressive white woman and you hear this and for some reason you need to be broken down, break me down and punish me and build me back up and as a subservient serf who you can uh, you know, throttle if I do something wrong, which is a weird fantasy going on here to want to live in, but they're living in it all over the place, Alice. I know. These are not one-offs. We know people, otherwise intelligent people, who have at least a little bit of this. Some people have a lot of this. And this is another one of these young uh, lecturers, Jamie Gosling, uh, who's telling us, uh, no, there's no doubt about it. You are wretched if you are white. Got this comment, and newsflash, he thinks you're a colonizer also. I got a newsflash for you. That's fine, I understand. I am a colonizer, and I don't expect anyone to trust me when I'm wearing this skin color. I had hoped most historic colonizers hadn't had a vocal burn. (laughs) I am a colonizer. (laughs) I'm wearing the enemy's uniform. People who look like me have hurt everyone who doesn't for hundreds of years. So I think it's unreasonable for me to expect that kind of trust from anyone. Um, you probably don't know this, but I've been studying the French Revolution recently, and people yeah. who look like her have been hurting people who look like her for right. hundreds, thousands of years. And people who don't look like her have been hurting people who don't look like her, and people who look like her, and people who don't look like her in other different ways, and, you know, that's that's human history. The more history you study, it turns out, if you don't just sit around and cherry pick examples so you can feel guilty about them, if you actually just study history and to try and learn stuff, then what you discover is that lots of different types of people have been really terrible to lots of different types of people for tens of thousands of years. Correct. You're right. (laughs) And I understand to simply decide that the image of a knee on a guy's neck in Minneapolis is the uh, sum total Mm -hmm. of the equation that is a race that if that's what you take that snapshot and don't think it through and it's just a one top level uh, analyzation then okay fine then you've got your worldview done for you but if you have any kind of curiosity intellectual curiosity and real yearning for any kind of truth, then maybe you'd want to dig deeper. I know it can be some work, but you should want to. Unless it's not about the truth, it's about feelings. And it's about feeling uh, this high, this little uh, hit of, what's it called? You have a hit of estrogen. What's it called? When you, <laughs> endorphins. Endorphins. Um, when you you throttle yourself mm-hmm. and get out there and say, I just I just admitted that I was a colonizer and I feel good about that. People can weaponize my whiteness at any time. It's I mean, it must be weird to go around thinking stuff like that. Like, yeah, wow, my whiteness has just been hurting people all over the planet. Yeah, like, I mean, like, how do you if you're that if you're her, how do you like go buy a sandwich? <laughs> can, the the symbolism, the incredible amount of. Uh, of you know horrific and and in uh, spiritual pain that must be wisping around you constantly 
The transacting. What if you transact in the guy who brings you up to a black person? Oh, my God. Here yeah, we like, go again. He and he's serving you right now. And if you're being too nice to him, you're being a savior to him. Yeah. And, and who what? did the labor of the sandwich? I mean, and actually, the sandwich is a Cuban sandwich. Jesus. Christ. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how people got through their day. And honestly, like, I mean, I don't hang out with any, like, white supremacists, but I have never met anyone who talks about their own whiteness as much as these people do. No. I've never met a normal person who's like, wow, the whiteness in this room. It's just stifling. Yes, all these masters. I have to interrogate my All these masters of of post-racism are the most centered on race in the world. Yeah. In the world. Never seen anything like it. It's incredible. I mean, because you and I were both raised that, you know, treating race as this important factor in our daily social interactions was a negative thing to do. Yes. So, you know, I mean, I don't know what what future they think they're aiming towards, but I... I like what's the end game here? Like what's the goal? What's the perfect society in their in their view? Um I don't know because Cuz it sure feels like they like want white people put down. Yeah, but sh- Jimmy Gosling wants white people put down. Yeah, I know. So what is that what she wants? She wants like white people to be like Well, for somebody like her, I I think that, I think that, (laughs) he wants you to do the pool right now. I don't know. Hold on, Cyril. We're listening to Jamie Gosling. I mean, I think as hard as I can. I can read Malcolm X every day and I'm still going to make racist mistakes and hurt people I care about. And even if I don't hurt them, somebody else around me can weaponize my whiteness at any time and hurt more people. So, usually when people call me a colonizer, it's an invitation for me to reflect on my actions, and it's not hostile. And even if it is hostile, people have every right to be hostile, so I'm just going to be a good friend, and I'm going to be patient, and I'm going to understand. You know, she's not technically a colonizer. (laughs) She's never colonized anything. She's living on stolen land, Tom. Well, she's also living on land that was... Uh, <laughs> that was under the uh, fist of an empire. He wants to go to the fishy place again. That's we the, were at the aquarium. Yeah, the earlier. aquarium. All right, before we go, speaking of race relations, Alice, uh, you know that the Republicans are trying to bar blacks from voting in every state. They're trying to, uh, I think, poll tax is happening at every state. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, nobody is, the legislation is trying to take sustenance away from from a people trying to vote. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't have a drink of water within seven miles of any polling place now. Right. Et cetera. So, uh, and one of the things we've been told, historically, is that voter ID is the, the leading form of voter suppression that Republicans push perpetually they love they love they want voter id because it's impossible for some people to get identification and that way you'll suppress the black vote and the republicans can take over the world and um and and rule as the colonizers that they always wanted to be but then stacey abrams was asked about joe manchin who's making some concessions uh and he she's asked about voter id something that she has railed against that a compromise you could support hold on let me just make sure You could accept this compromise, what Joe Manchin laid out, even if voter ID was part of it. That's one of the fallacies of Republican talking points that have been deeply disturbing. No one has ever objected to having to prove who you are to vote. It's been part of our nation's history since the inception of voting. What has been problematic is the type of restrictive ID that we've seen pop up in South Dakota, where Native Americans were told, that they had to provide IDs with addresses the state refused to provide. We have states where students are not allowed to use their student IDs, but you can use your gun license. Our point is simply that the restrictions on the forms of ID should meet the needs of the people. And what he is proposing makes sense because it says what we've had in this country for so many decades, which is that people can prove their identity in various ways, but we should not narrow the level, narrow the playing field so much that we push voters out 
of participation simply because. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now so she's no for one's it. ever objected to it. No, not only ever... is she for it, but literally she wrote nobody, the book on it. Literally, nobody has ever objected to voter ID. All right, which is interesting because some states, including ours, still don't have voter ID. Else, um, but before we go, I want to hit this tweet by Razib Khan. Okay. That we uh, that we wrote that we that somebody flagged you already me. Uh, what is his deal? He is geneticists, funny clubhouse. Okay, he says some of my friends. I think he's of Indian descent. Maybe mm-hmm. he says some kind of South Asian. Yeah. He says some of my friends get annoyed or angry when I say this, but most of the people in this world are not black, Sub-Saharan uh, African mostly, or white European mostly. Reducing all of history to the American black-white historical axis is pretty dumb on the merits, but is also offensive. (coughs) A lot of people won't want to say this for fear of offending the gentry, liberals who dispense approval and funds, but I don't give a bleep, obviously. I get your attempt at propaganda here, and I take personal offense as my ancestors are erased from human history as agents. Uh, Also, don't try to lecture me about history. I've forgotten more than you know. Okay, so there you go. But anyway, that's an interesting point, isn't it? Yeah. That European whites and sub-Saharan African blacks are not the majority of people in the planet, but we're acting as if we're the two, everybody else are extras. Well, and what's weird is because American culture is so pervasive globally, is we've now exported our black-white racial relations thing to every other country as yes. part of our culture. They all held George Floyd protests yes. like in Germany, even though yes. you know, black white tensions have never been a thing there. They've yes. had other problems with white supremacists, but not not anti blackness per se. But I mean that's what we're seeing here is this erasure of all other ethnic groups. Is that's is what we talked about with <laughs> what was happening at Stanford, where they told the Jewish people that the swastikas right. weren't about anti Semitism, they were about anti blackness and not to distract with their Jewish privilege. Uh, <laughs> or even what we're seeing happen with Asian people. Like the the attacks on Asians, it's all stop Asian hate until this it's is not. Coming apart, this Alice. is about to fall Cyril, apart. But you Cyril, guys get where I'm going with this because you've heard me rail Cyril, on this a bunch Cyril. of times. We are going to go visit the hotel pool, I believe. Oh, oh, okay, they're knocking if us off can. the air. Sorry, okay, about but that. you can find us on Twitter. You can find us um, on our locals page if you want more trip updates from our trip. Uh, you can also find us on Patreon. We're going to be doing a bonus show there this weekend on Sunday. But uh, in general, you can always find us in our regular five shows a week for free on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com, YouTube, and everywhere else you like to listen to podcasts. We appreciate it so much, guys. We'll see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.